0: My name is Michael Strumsky, and this is my podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. Each episode, I'll interview a person with a different background to try to understand what circumstances, family, or tragedy has made them into the individual they are today. Enjoy. Start me out on, I guess,
1: I guess where you started out. So I started out in life in Virginia, uh, where born and raised basically had a couple years in in ohio columbus ohio and my dad worked at ross laboratories but basically all of my conscious memories of childhood were, were in virginia specifically churchville virginia where i lived from age five until i got married i never lived anywhere else other than there so that's where it started out super super small town the the population is is in the hundreds low hundreds you know um and i i would describe it as a i mean i don't know what you want to know here but that's that's where it all started virginia is a very um i mean it's foundational for me and a very important place to me to to the point and we'll this will this story will probably zigzag a little but virginia when when i started at flow i i said that uh like, hey,
0: what is, what is, sorry, sorry. To what is flow for people who don't
1: flow? Yeah. So I work at a, a sports media company called flow sports in Austin, Texas. And I work, uh, I started there in 2013 as a content creator for flow wrestling, which is like basically the ESPN of Olympic and college wrestling and high school wrestling. And so I started it, this this dream job. I was like, just so you guys know, like I'm never going to move to Texas. Just, just so y'all know. Right. And just, I'm here this here. I have this young family, my, my parents and my brothers were all here. It's just like kind of a thing. And, um, of course, as, as we'll later get to three years later, I moved, I moved to Texas, but, um, we can get there later, but I loved Virginia. I love the small town. I love the, I feel like, uh, my, my parents kept like family and faith, like, as like two of the main, um, uh, pillars in life. So church was a big part of, Growing up in Churchville, sports were always a big part of life. Um, And yeah, I mean, went to Churchville Elementary, walked there, you know, went to Buffalo Gap High School. That's where my dad went. So we're just deep, kind of deep roots in the community. My dad's from a really small town called Deerfield, which is like towards the, uh, I guess, closer towards the West Virginia border. Not quite in West Virginia, but, but darn close. The county we grew up in uh borders west virginia so anyway deep roots small town very cool i thought it a great place a place where i never i never viewed it as like a disadvantage i think I'll, some people would view like man you go to this little rinky dink school this was like how is it but like you look at the i mean just i mean you know michael like the the you know the exports of buffalo gap like freaking we got ivy educated we've got doctors we got we have high, high achievement. And I was like, I never really thought like, oh, if I went to some big school, I would be able to do other things. Like it never felt like an obstacle here. I think partially that was like my parents instilled a lot of belief and confidence in me and us. So I never viewed it that way, but that that's, i I think it's funny because people will often refer to Buffalo Gap and Churchville, like in, in the wrestling world that I come in contact with, because I talk about, I refer to it so much. I talk about coaching at Buffalo Gap and going there and what a great place it is in the Shenandoah Valley. So it's like, it's very, where I'm from is very much a part of, a part uh, a part of me.
0: Okay. And I guess when you were first starting out, like you had one, one year of wrestling, is that right? In high school?
1: Okay. Yeah. So this story uh essentially a very very small person and athletically what you
0: know kind of what whatever. would you say your height was back then
1: my height was um five well okay so probably i was not quite five feet when i was a freshman and i was over five feet but i didn't get over 100 pounds till i was like a junior ish in high school and then i was like about one 115 120 when i when i graduated so pretty, pretty small guy. Um, I'm obviously much bigger and larger now, as you can, as you can tell, um, I, I hit puberty like after high school, but so my, I was always super into sports, but I was into like baseball and basketball and like big people sports. And so I eventually matriculated to cross country and track, which, uh, I really, I loved, and I actually had some level of quote, athletic success there. I, I made varsity as a sophomore and our team was second in the state. And that was that was a really cool thing. And then my senior year, the way this this all went, my senior year of high school, these wrestlers came out for wrestling and we were doing a cool down. I could, I could take you almost to the spot where they brought this up, which is really weird because at this point in time, this is a nothing conversation about anything. But for whatever reason, I remember it. I remember the road because we would run all these, cool roads in the middle of nowhere in Swope, Virginia. And these wrestlers were like, Hey, you should, you should come out for the team. You could, you could start, you'd be able to beat this guy and make the team. And so like, you know, to me being a varsity athlete, it's like a cool thing. And I, it didn't, you know, cause I'm a 17 year old idiot. I'm like, wait, what are these guys basing it on that? I could beat this guy when I've never actually even done this sport. They're just, they're just saying it to, to get me to come out for it. And it, it worked. And it was funny because like the coaches, the coaches had like asked me to come out, uh, you know, basically every year. And just because in small school, it's hard to fill a lineup. You see someone that's small and their shoes are tied. Basically, you're a recruitable athlete to, to a coach. So they would ask me and I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I, I don't understand this. I don't know. No, thanks. Not for me. And. For whatever reason, I, I guess just the Lord intervened and I ended up saying, all right, what the heck senior impulsivity maybe, but so I just did it and it was, it was, it was obviously one of the best decisions of my life, even though that, that season was extremely difficult for me, because if you know anything about wrestling, no one is good at the start. There's no like beginner's luck with wrestling you've got to, it's like, it's so nuanced. It's so vast. The skills you have to have to be good at it. So I'm doing this sport. And the the biggest impact for me out of doing wrestling was like having my eyes completely opened about what it actually means to work hard. Like imagine at 17 years old, I'm a run-of-the-mill sort of student. I think I'm a hard worker in school. I do my homework. I do my thing. I think I'm a hard worker in, in cross-country. I don't walk. I try hard. I do. I think I do my best. And then you're, like, faced with this, like, I just don't, I don't know if I can get up. I don't want to get up. I'm. We're, our practices were, were insane. I had a very good coach named, named Chris Robinson. He's now a coach at Wilson. He's from Pennsylvania, which is, like, a wrestling hotbed. And our practices were nuts. We would start the practices with like really intense conditioning, which, you know, cross country guy, I'm cool with this. I can run that. But then you get into the drills and the technique and that's like, okay, that's like really challenges your mind. Cause you really have to think through like moving your body in a way you've never done it. And you're learning this stuff. And, and then you, you go back to a, a probably the most physically demanding part, which is the actual live wrestling where I'm like, to and and to wrestle and be bad is to get beaten and to get beaten physically and to like experience real pain and like a beat down from someone who is better than you and knows this stuff. And it's like, you don't just lose a race because someone runs faster than you. It's like, no, you're getting me. And we're doing this for a long period of time and I'm doing this and I'm not going to be good. And there's no way I'm going to be good at this, this year. So I'm never going to have any level of success. So basically I was, I was, I remember so many practices. I was just like, look over in this old gym at Buffalo Gap. And I look over and I just see the door. I'm like, oh, you could just walk out right now. You could justify this to your friends. No one's going to care. The coaches probably aren't really, they're not going to chase me down to bring me back as a senior. Like, this is my last year. Like, you just walk out, say face, and, and in two days, no one's even going to bring it up. And you could just be done with this crap. You don't have to deal with this getting beaten on and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, I didn't do it. And then I kept kept doing it and kept doing it. And then you, know, you finish these practices and then you condition again when you're already really tired. But then I would like, I'd finish these practices and after a period of time, it's like, oh man, I'm doing some man stuff right now. And you kind of feel like that for the first time. Like, oh, I've got so much more to give. I, mean, I haven't even been close to doing what I could do. I didn't even know what my body was capable of, even though all I was doing really was enduring. But at that point, I had never really brought myself to that point of discomfort. And then it really made me, it, it, it really changed how I viewed running. So I ran track after that. And basically like distance running, the way I boil it down is a not elite distance runners. Like basically how long you can keep yourself in the highest amount of pain threshold without like redlining and completely like faltering. You want to keep yourself there. And so there's this continuum of going hard that you can go. And so like you can just get closer to that red line in your training and stay there. And that's what I learned. And then I learned how to do that in training. And if you do something every single day like running at a red line, you're going to get faster. And so like I I knocked like I can't remember it was probably like 40 seconds off my best 2 mile time ever as a senior in high school. And I knew it was cuz of wrestling. And I knew I got <clears throat> I gotten tougher. So then I left wrestling As a senior, bad, I did bad, but I did end up starting though, which is, um, so I guess they were kind of right. Um, but they, they definitely just made it up that I would start uh, just so I would come out. Um, but I left wrestling that year with a lot of regret because I felt like this could have been my thing, right? I felt like this is actually the thing that I could have been good at because my size is an advantage. I'm 115 pounds and i'm not weak you know i could have could have done i got stronger right and i could have been good at this but i couldn't so then i was like okay well ryan piles you need to do this bro because i think because ryan is like ryan was like me probably very similar build size athletic ability uh but ryan had that i lacked um our family dynamics interesting. Cause Ryan's like f- five years younger than me, but like, he's kind of like the big brother in a way. And that he was always like the most mature, you know, Stromsky, you know, he's, he's just like this like,
0: the old man of the family. He's, he's older than Tracy.
1: He's older than Tracy. And this guy, um, he was always the straight a student. He was the hardest worker, most responsible, blah, blah. But I was like, this dude could be good at wrestling if he wrestled. So, Got him started it in seventh grade. And then I had this like focus in my mind. I was like, okay, I want to help him. I want to help him get as good as possible. The problem being, I don't have the tools to help him because I only did this for a year. So then I like set out on this quest, which, you know, that everything sort of connects here. So now I'm like, all right, I have this like deep hunger for knowledge of the sport so I can help my brother. And so I'm like reading everything I can. I'm finding all these tapes and dvds and ordering stuff off ebay because that was like a thing and reading everything online and this is like this is like you know 2005 six, seven. so there's not a lot out there like I, it's maybe before youtube it was like before twitter even um and so i'm just like on this vision quest for for knowledge for so i can help ryan and then i end up uh i can, and it, like this was like a huge deal to me coach robinson kind of like uh he sensed that i was like really into this. He and he let me help the uh the kids club practices just as like an assistant coach. And I thought that was like that was a that was a huge thing for me. I thought that was a huge, huge deal. And it, and it was it was it was a big thing for him to give me that opportunity when my not my knowledge wasn't there. Like I, I'm not qualified to coach wrestling right now. But he let me do it because I think he just he just sensed that in me, which I which I really appreciated. So then I was kind of got my foot in the door at Gap and then eventually coach Robinson left to be an athletic director, which left the old coach uh, Lopez back in charge of the program. He started in 1989. And then I'm kind of like one of the last people still around and I was going to work hard. So then I ended up being a, uh, being assistant coach for, for coach Lopez, S- similar thing with, with coach Lopez and, and with, with it, coach, it's just like everything for whatever reason just ratcheted my obsession up more. It didn't matter what happened. I was just like more and more into this thing. So I'm watching everything I can, I'm reading everything I can. And then we start, I start to get this overlap of like, so I'm trying to build as much coaching skill and wrestling knowledge as I can. And then simultaneously I start to become a huge just fan of the sport. Like I love watching, I've like figured out college wrestling was a thing and then started getting into that. Then I found this website called Flow Wrestling, which was posting videos of wrestling, which was like really hard to find. And so now I'm like really pouring into the fan side and like really learning a bunch of stuff about that. And all the while I'm learning how to coach and teach. And I was a total spaz assistant coach uh, at Buffalo Gap. And I I did get kicked out of a tournament once for, for something I said to an official. It was not profane. But it was not. It was not appropriate. It was just, very.
0: It was very witty. That was that was the issue. That really hit him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I probably. I did. Do you know what I said? No. It was, I. Oh, man, I think I. I think I asked if he had a date later or something. I was like, <laughs> uh, and because he called it. He called it. So my guy Zach Ritchie, who uh, shouted, out. I don't know. You may have met Zach at some point, but Maybe. he was a state champ at Buffalo Gap, and he was like my guy. I got him as an eighth grader uh, when he started. We kind of came up to like. He was like one of the first young guys I got to coach all the way up through his entire career. He, so he was my dude. It was, a, it was a bad pin call, but it's like, it's high school officiating. Like I have so much more, you always have more perspective after the fact. I didn't at the time and I didn't later that year. But after I got in trouble, I, I started to think a little bit differently. And I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably be a different coach now. I know I would be, but I was definitely a spaz. So what what's happening at this point is like, well, one, I actually have a real job that is like <laughs> that I'm supposed to be like actually doing, and um, which I was a teacher, but I'm like really just spending all the time I can coaching and and reading about wrestling. And then I find I go to this. I remember I remember specifically I went to this Iowa wrestling message board, and it was it was like important. I forget the title it was basically like important or best wrestling website so i was like oh i need to i need to know what this is and the, there's two links in there i don't remember the others but the two links in there one was to flow wrestling which i already mentioned and the other one was to a place called the WrestlingTalk.com, which was a message board and oh this God. is like where the community was like the community it's not like football where you go to work and you talk about like the redskins game this is college wrestling in virginia no one is talking about this even like the wrestling coaches in virginia at this time like they don't know what's going on either. So I have like no one to talk about in my. Cause
0: you know, it's all about the money basically. I mean like what was, I mean, you've got football, baseball, hockey, all those people pumping money online for ESPN, sports yeah. center, stuff like that.
1: So wrestling doesn't get the love that, that, you know, I felt it deserved and like, you know, that's one of the like core values of, of flow wrestling and flow sports. But like, so anyway, the community was, was at this message board and I I just started being like a message board dude, warrior, whatever. And I was like, I, I really, I enjoyed the the back and forth. I enjoyed arguing about wrestling. I enjoyed being, having opinions and like making predictions and seeing who was right and who was wrong. And I was a spaz there too, for sure. But that's just like where I like to spend my time. I love talking about wrestling with people and that, that message board, like, fed my got me up to speed so fast like I was able to like learn so much and from all these people that really knew wrestling and which was where I was trying to get to and I guess I'm just doing the uh, Christian Paul's biography right now but um, uh, <laughs> but basically but everything connects so I don't know really when to stop so I get on these message boards I do this for years and years and years and I sort of get a reputation of someone that knows a lot about college wrestling and so I get asked to do the by by uh willie uh, who was the site head for flow wrestling at this time he's like hey would you want to do the division one rankings for flow wrestling and i said heck yeah for sure and just because oh my gosh dude two years ago no one knew who i was now i'm going to be doing the rankings for like flow wrestling which is at that at that time and years before it is the wrestling website there was no it was totally unparalleled then and it's only it's only gotten better since. But like at that point in time, it was revolutionary. It was the coolest place you could be. So I was like, dude, I get to do the rankings for, because they didn't have division one rankings. So I was like, yes. And then me and my buddy Ben, who uh, was another message board junkie like me, we did the rankings and we freaking, we did a good, really good job and they really performed for them. So that's how I kind of like got on Flo's radar. Cause it's like, it's an unpaid thing, but they performed. So I was like, I got the sense from them that like, hey, this is going well. So I was like, okay, what can I do to like stand out a little bit more? Because I'm, I'm angling. I'm thinking I've got this job and I've got this thing, but I know what I want to do. And I really think I can do it. So I'm like, why don't I, why don't I start writing previews of, of some upcoming duels and just send it to them. And so I started doing that. I just started writing. I literally, I remember writing previews while I was working at another job. This is not good. This is not good behavior. This is deviant, but like, I was just, that's what I was doing. I had doing. a little free time. Got the thing. I would be, I would write it on paper. I would actually write out the previews on an open and then I would go and type it later that evening. So I did that. And then those ended up performing well. And on top of them performing well, cause they just flow wrestling at this point in time, didn't have a lot of written content. They didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of division one written content. So I'm like, basically if anyone had done this if anyone had done division one rankings at the time they they would have done pretty good and if anyone was sending them previews they probably would have done they probably would have performed because it just it wasn't out there so but but i happened to be the one that did and fortuitously and so but then on top of like sending them previews i was on an absolute and maybe it was it was because i was as locked in as i'd ever been on wrestling um even even more so than now because now i like my responsibilities are really different so now but i would what all i would do was like there's 10 matches in a duel i would write something my thoughts the technical analysis whatever of all 10 matches and i would make a prediction and on like multiple occasions i was right 10 for 10 so they're like they think i'm some like genius you know um fortune teller like I, i know this stuff
0: what nosferatu
1: yes precisely and so Actually, i'm getting, nostradamus,
0: getting all these nostradamus i got nostradamus. vampire mixed with the uh keep going keep going
1: <laughs> so i'm getting all these right and they now they think i'm like some genius which i anyone that knows me knows that that is not the case but i'm getting them right um so what you can't say anything about that so i do i freelance for a year and i'm just sending them as much as i can i'm doing the rankings rankings are doing well and that's all all good and then uh so we're we're in like 2013 right now um in 2013 one of the guys left joe williamson left for another for a coaching opportunity so they had a content position opening and so i ended up i interviewed with martin uh who was the ceo at the time and i got the position and i started um working remotely as a as a content creator for for flow wrestling and it was like i didn't care that it was a and, and more importantly, my wife didn't care that it was a uh, that it was a pay cut or whatever from I mean, I literally made less doing that job than I did teaching. But it was like, mm-hmm. don't care. I'm doing this. Let's let's just see what what comes of it. Um, So that that basically that got me uh, to where my career was at Flow Wrestling and Flow Sports. And it, it's been great. And really before that, the time between like senior and high school and. And then like I spent going to school and working uh, at a psychiatric hospital for for kids and adolescents. And then so I worked there for a couple of years and then all the while I'm going to school while I'm working there. And then I got my teaching certification. And as luck would have it, a job opened up at the it's it's called CCCA Commonwealth Center for Children and Adolescents. It serves the entire state um, for for kids that are Uh, it's a locked facility for kids that are uh, a danger to themselves or others. So it's like, you have psychotic kids, you have suicidal kids, you have really dangerous kids or work with literally a convicted murderer there. So it's like all kinds from all over the state. And it was, I mean, it was, I, it was so formative for me because. eh, You know where I'm from.
0: It worked on your wrestling holds then too.
1: (laughs) Well, that was one of the worst parts of the job is the, uh, that there is a physical element of restraint for these kids' safeties for, you know, breaking up fights. But yeah, that did, that was actually a thing that uh, was helpful because you could safely constrain kids and prevent them from hurting others or themselves. So um, that was, that was valuable in, in that way. But one thing that was great is, you know, I, so I went to school living at home and just commuted to a, to a branch campus of old dominion and, So I never really went away to college. I never like lived in a dorm. I never did that. I only lived at home and then I got married. So working at CCCA was like this great um, experience in learning different people from different places. And Virginia is like, you've got Southwest Virginia coal mine country, rough boondocks, rednecks, kind of like a little bit like I'm from, but a little a little different. Then you've got the Tidewater area and Northern Virginia, all different backgrounds and races and, and everything all at this one place. And it was, it was awesome for me. And I loved it. And I love being around different people that didn't just, you know, born in Augusta County, lived in Augusta County, everyone they knew was from Augusta County and they went to Buffalo gap and it's just, you know, just, just white people everywhere from the very similar background. So it's like, I got to meet, all kinds of kids and work with all kinds of different people. And that was great for me. And um you learn a lot about how to work how to work with people and how teams work and how like how to de-escalate things, you know, in, in difficult situations. And um I it was just a it was an awesome, awesome experience. It's a really, really hard job. It's a dangerous job. A lot of people got injured. Fortunately, me, Ryan and Weston all worked there, all did the same job. We were all uh healthy no injuries or anything so i worked there as a direct care staff which is like you're just like hanging with the kids keeping them safe keeping them busy talking to them whatever and eventually i got my teaching certification then i ended up teaching there, elementary special education and the only reason i wanted to be a teacher sadly was because that works with coaching so i wanted to coach but coaching is like it's not a career like not for me not for it would never be an option for me to do it but like all i wanted to do was coach i just wanted to be a wrestling coach that's all i did uh that's all i was like really thinking about was wrestling and coaching wrestling and watching it so i ended up teaching for for 3 years before i uh i ended up working at flow wrestling and i coached for uh i think 8 years at buffalo gap i don't know why i never remember the exact number but about that long at buffalo gap and that was a great experience one of the th- you know the greatest thrills of my life, you know, I've had so much exciting time, so many exciting times at flow, but like coaching kids to reach their goals was like the best thing. That was the highest high I can remember reaching and in, in doing something that wasn't like family related, like, you know, getting married or having kids or stuff like that, you know, the boring stuff. Yeah. Um Oh, so like it, it, it was so rewarding and so awesome. And so I miss, I miss it very badly. I'm coaching youth wrestling right now. My, my I'm coaching, my son and my daughter at their club, but you know, it's not the same. It's not like every day grind for a kid for four or five years straight. And like, in my approach to coaching was a little different because like most coaches, it's like, okay, we've got the, we've got the season. And then the off season is kind of hands off. I was like, The only way I know how to get kids good is to have them do this every day with me. Cause I'm not like some master coach and all these kids are starting like pretty, they're not, there's not a lot of kids that started in third grade and did it all the way through. I'm starting with kids that are ninth graders. So I got to get them up. And the only way to get them up is to do this all the time. So I ended up spending way too much time coaching, not enough time teaching, not enough time thinking about that, but somehow, somehow it all worked out. I don't understand how it happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking on your son I saw your your post I think your last one about him getting second yeah honestly I didn't read the whole thing but the thing that hit me most was like the fact that he was just like when's practice tomorrow and I thought that was the best part to be fair (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: that got me fired up I was like dude yes because wrestling is so freaking hard it's the hardest thing you can do it is like it's the hardest sport it is the most demanding sport it's like he's not cutting weight or anything like that right now but the 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 demands are really intense and it's like for him he was so it's all those kids are so courageous to do what they do because it's like man you're in this stupid uniform like uh where you're half naked another 10 year old boy is beating you up trying to beat you up you're trying to beat him up all these people are screaming around you. Your parents are watching. Your friends are watching. It's like a really intense, stressful thing. So that he did it and wanted to do it some more afterwards was 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 awesome. And he's a he's. I mean, he's they're they're both special. He's he's special though.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I've noticed, I, like I said, I only had one year, but I, I did football and all those other sports. But what I noticed about wrestling, it's kind of like a twenty four seven sport it's not like football or basketball or soccer where you leave practice and you just eat or rest. you yeah. got to, you got to think about, uh, wait, you got to think about, I mean, unless you're really on the margin, you don't really have to, as long as you're not going to Chipotle or something like that every day, you exactly. usually can handle that, but you just got to make sure all parts of your, like, say you got a, 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 a weak shoulder in soccer, you can kind of power through it. Like you were saying with the redlining. but in wrestling, it's like your whole body is getting cranked back. And it's like, if there's a weak spot, it's going to be found almost immediately. Yeah. So, it's 24 seven. It's not just like clock in, clock out, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's what, like, why I don't, I think I often wonder why wrestling got such a hold of me. And I think it's how imbalanced. Well, I think one of it, the personalities and the, and the stars in wrestling are like, they're not like people you meet. These are, these are people who would, you would, you would describe as off. Like they are against the grain mentality is on, on their, their, their maniacal focus. Their intensity is like, you don't run into people like this. And that's, I think that is the one thing that drew me in as a fan, like Ben Askren for me was like the first college wrestler that I followed and loved and thought was like, this is the coolest. I love the way this guy thinks differently. And I, I just like that about wrestling. Is it like the, the, how, how disciplined these people have to be and how driven you have to be to pursue something that when I started following wrestling, it's like, these people aren't doing it for money. Cause there's not money in wrestling. It's changing. It's improving. It's improved a ton. Gee, even just since I've been working at flow, it's I've, I've seen how wrestling has begun to professionalize itself, but even still, it's um, you know, it, it ain't basketball. It ain't football. It ain't many of the other sports. And so it's, it's a really pure pursuit. And uh, I, I love that about it. And I all, you know, I think a lot of it's like, I wish I was good at it is, is a big part of it too. Yeah. Cause too. I love doing, I think one of my things is like, I'd love, so I love, I feel like I love every aspect of the sport. I literally love wrestling. I like wrestling people. I think it is really, really fun. Even though it's really difficult. It's a fun thing to do. I really like coaching it. I like teaching the sport of wrestling. I really like following. I like just watching good wrestling. So I think maybe somehow that all happened and uh, I became just like a wrestling super nut. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of of Ryan and Weston. They they, they definitely got tired of all my wrestling stuff for sure.
0: But uh, I know you mentioned a couple of people that helped you out, like especially, I guess, the starting off the coach at uh, Buffalo Gap and Mm -hmm. then Uh, Willie at Buffalo at, uh, flow wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody who kind of, I guess I wouldn't say got into your path, but kind of, I don't know, told you kind of slow down or go to the safe route.
1: Um, I would say, no, I think that's probably why, probably why it happened the way it did is that I had, um, I feel like I had, a wind at my back the whole time because my listen i got married at 21 so I'll, through much of this before i i didn't start working at Float I was like 25 or 26 26 i think so i just had a wind at my back with her support like unwavering at no point in time did she say you were spending too much time watching wrestling you were spending too much time on these stupid message boards like i don't know why she didn't i don't know why she didn't just say this is you have to stop. when I told her about the the freelance position, she's like, yeah do it. like everything I she was just so supportive of it when it made no sense at all. um my parents thought it was really, really cool. They thought it was an awesome thing that I could do it um and I think I I always had I think my parents just instilled I, I really believed I could do it. I it, or, arrogantly. But I, I, once I started to understand the sport, I was like something in me. I was like, I just know I can do this. I know I can do it. And I think that was part of it too, that I knew it now, whether I was right or not, I don't know, but like in my, in my heart, in my head, I was like, I know I can, I know I can do this. And I think my parents gave me a lot of confidence. If you, you know, Debbie and Tracy, like her, Debbie's, Debbie's boys can do no wrong. We're the best even we're not the best, you're the best. It's like, no, mom, I literally got six. You were, you were there. You just saw another, okay. I'm the best. And so like, I, I don't just, I was just confident uh, in that. And so as far as impediments, I mean, the, the, you know, there was self-inflicted impediments with, you know, do I move? Do I make the, do I really make the, the, the toughest decision was moving to Texas, right? Because, um, I can't remember if I said this before the call or during, but, you know, I said, I would never move. I think I I said it on the call. Um, I said, I would never move. And the, the reasons for that were, you know, my family, my brothers, I wanted to, I wanted to stay involved in wrestling around here. I wanted, I wanted my son to go to Churchville, And then Natalie to go to churchville when, when we had her and then, and so on and go to wrestle at Buffalo gap. And this is a great area. It's a great place to have a family. I remember walking through the backyards to my buddy, Victor Richie's house. And we would ride bikes to the elementary school and play basketball all day and play baseball and all kinds of games. And then I just wanted that. I was like, that's what I want. And my Katie's family is only two hours away. Texas just doesn't make sense. I've got a, uh, got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and moving them away from their grandparents would be devastating, which, which, and it was, it was, it was a devastating thing uh, for, for my parents and, and, and Katie's parents and, you know, Ryan and Weston, it was not, not easy because they were the first ones, right. We we were, you know, Caleb and now they're first. Now Ryan's got sweet baby Ella now taking a little pressure off my, off my kids, you know, a little bit of the cuteness over there. Um, So that was, that was the hardest part was like getting out of my own way and being like, no this is right it's like because a year previously ray who is still my boss to this day and a great great friend and mentor it's like hey man i think need you over here i think you can do a lot you've shown a lot of, of leadership ability blah 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 i was like yeah i hear that but no and then basically the the travel is what broke me um because, you know, as I mentioned, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and a, you know, then a four-year-old, two-year-old as they aged. And the one year, the year before I moved, I missed, I was not there for both of their birthdays and I was on the road. And I remember I, one night I was like, I added it all up and I was gone. Like literally, if you added up like three months of the year, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was gone this long. I missed a quarter of a year on the road. And all the while, Katie is juggling everything. She's a she's a teacher and she was a high school choir director, which is basically like being a teacher and a coach year round with the hours because it, there's musical and there's all these rehearsals and extra stuff and concerts. So she was gone all the time for that. and And so she's running the kids around, doing all that, doing the school thing, teaching, coming home late. And we were just like, I don't know. I don't know how we did it. I just we were just young and just thought this is what like life is, I guess. And it was super, super tough. And that much travel broke me. Um, and really it was the best thing because I didn't know. I kind of always like once I got into that role, I was like, This is it. This is the job I want. I just want this job forever. I don't care if I I'm not worried about a big raise. I'm not worried about that really. I mean, eventually I was like, okay, I do want to raise, but at the time I was like, just keep me in this role. This is it. I just want to write and rank and talk about wrestling. That's what I'm good at. But then Ray kind of like Ray got to me and I'm really glad because I'm really happy in my my current role now. But sometimes you need people to like uh yeah. sort of nudge you along, right? And be like, you know, be 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 that winded at your back, right? And be like, no, you can. No, we need you here actually. And um, you know. That's, so that that's kind of how that materialized, and I've been in been in Austin since August of, of uh, 2016 now.
0: So basically, where you're working now, you kind of have, I wouldn't say you kind of do have artistic, not freedom. It's weird to phrase it that way because you're not, you're not uh, making up music or stuff like that. But you're, I guess you're making your no, own. Oh, you're right.
1: You're right. I mean, yeah. Uh, that and that's one thing i always loved about flow is like no one was like even from early on no one was like okay christian you're going to write this about this and do it then it's kind of like it's like all right cp what do you got this week uh okay i want to do this 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 okay do it do a good job and then it's you're totally like in control of your own destiny we, we the phrase we use is being a ceo of your own work and Uh, no where no matter where you are on the the pecking order at flow like you can you can bring your ideas to life especially content ideas which i i love that because i could try new things and sometimes it would work sometimes it it wouldn't and i think that kind of freedom and creativity is is a big part of flow's advantage um is that we kind of let people we trust people we hire talented people who are passionate about what they do and have the skills and kind of let them go and that kind that structure it it works for us. So yeah, definitely um, artistic. Although I'm not I'm no artiste. Um, you're 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 on the right track there.
0: Uh, you could I mean just like you were saying with the message boards, you were just so entranced with them that you kind of I guess you kind of got a mind for the wrestlers and then the play the way they played and obviously they saw that. You know what I mean? Like they saw your spirit that you knew what was going on and that you were putting like the effort towards it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't even get, I mean, there's a lot of other people I didn't mention. Like for me, one of my biggest mentors and in coaching was a guy named Terry waters who um, was at at the time. Well, when I came up, he was a coach at Fort defiance high school, which is uh, that's the high school that um, Dale Curry went to the, the father of Steph, Steph Curry. He was a coach there in Virginia in Augusta County, and then he actually got fired over over some nonsense. Some some, this is a this is a black man that got fired in, in Augusta County for some for some BS. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, but he is a legendary coach. He actually just got inducted into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame very recently. And anyway, he was he knew I didn't know anything, but he was. He would answer any question. He would be a support to all my wrestlers, any of my wrestlers at any point in time. If we needed a place to work out, if I had a technical problem to solve because I didn't have the answers for a lot of the problems, I could get you to a, to a certain point. And then I'd be like, okay, I got Zach to this point, but I'm kind of capped out for my for my brain. And I'm always trying to learn, but he's he's beyond. I need to get him in front of people that really know what they're doing. So Terry was huge for that and, and really... Was, was a constant support for for me and giving me the uh, and help helping wrestlers so a true a true wrestling man of the sport and uh someone I someone I really owe a lot to
0: and is that I guess kind of your biggest regrets that kind of since you only had two years of actually like real PT time wrestling that maybe yeah. some of these other people kind of have a leg up on you?
1: Well, it was just one year. I didn't only did it my senior year, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it was, I, so as I played it out in my head, I'm like, you know what it's, I, I'm, I got, I have to be satisfied with how it worked out. Cause one, you can't change it. And two, if I started as a sixth grader, maybe by the time I graduated, I'd have been done with it. I'd have been burnt out. And I don't even want to watch a wrestling match. Instead, all it did was like, it just was the spark. And then it just kept this flame going for till right now and beyond. I'll I'll probably love it forever as a result of that. But this sport shoes, a lot of people up and spits them out and they get to the end of it. And they're like, ah, no, like Ryan's like that. Ryan, Ryan doesn't want to walk. Ryan was done. When Ryan was done wrestling, Ryan was done wrestling and he'll watch the matches and do it, you know, but he's not into it. It's like, that's, that's common. Ryan lived a wrestling life. Ryan cut weight. Ryan worked his tail off. I saw it. He sacrificed a ton. He didn't love it, but he did it. And he had he had a lot of success, but that was not, um, that didn't bring him joy. And so he got to the other side of it. And it was like, all right, um, that was cool. And like my dad, you know, dad, dad doesn't understand college wrestling. He's like, you need to go out for the Virginia Tech team. It's like, I'm like, dad, no, 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 dude. You don't understand what is happening in that wrestling room right now compared to what Ryan's doing. Like, Ryan was a good single-A wrestler, but, like, the levels you have to jump to just be a dude in a Virginia Tech's wrestling room or a D1 wrestling room is, like, insane. Dad didn't really get it, but at least Ryan definitely didn't. Also, that would have been insane. Um. You know, I, I, think I mentioned like my parents is a big advantage. Like my mom, I, I have an interesting parent parental dynamic. You know, my parents probably little, Michael, but like two very strong personalities, um, which normally there's like a little more give and take and they're, they're different. Their strength is a little different. Like dad is a lot more broadly outspoken, but two very strong will opinionated people. I feel like that really helped me, um, be a convicted person and like watching dad, um, through his job and through you know his, his his uh time in local politics and like just how principled he was and like how fired up he would get but also like he always worked to back it up with like like dad had this as the kids would call it the receipts like he was in the numbers he knew his material better than all his opposition that's why they hated him and i was like you know what i i, I kind of liked even though he got some like some you know hate or whatever for local media or whatever i love that dad was like at the center of it all on fighting and sometimes he was on his own and it didn't really matter to him because he's, he's the principles were strong and that was that was important to him and like my that's i think that's really served me a lot in um in my job it served me a lot as a uh as an on-camera personality i think it helped um give me that confidence founded or not. Like to like, you know what, you know, your stuff, believe it, have convictions. It's a good thing. And, um, so I think a a lot of that was is a result of being a,
0: being Tracy's boy. And I think you knocked out one of my questions What I was going to ask you basically, where'd you get the drive to be who you are today? And I think you basically answered. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. My parents definitely big drivers. Um, I, I think honestly, a big for me, it was uh, I needed to find the thing right. I I, I I would I would not have described myself as driven in elementary, middle, or high school. Really, I mean, I was like, I was like a below average student, like not like a bad. I was a bad student. I I would bet of the kids that had the got the uh, the quote whatever it even means the advanced diploma which is mean like you take some extra math or whatever. I bet I had one of the lowest GPAs of any of those kids. It it was was really bad. I was not a good student. I was like, I never fully like, I didn't max out my athletic potential in in high school at all. So I think I really, I needed to meld it with, uh, I think the the drive came when when I found my passion and the route I wanted to go. And then I, I think that then I felt like, okay, now I can unlock all these tools that my parents have instilled in me because until that point, I really didn't, I didn't have the self-discipline. I didn't have that drive that is uh common for someone that wants success. Right. So it, it took a little bit for me to find my way. Um, I'm not freaking Ryan. who's like <laughs> straight A's all through all of school and college. Like, give me a break. That was never me. I was never like that. Um, So, yeah, I think my parents definitely, they, I, I, someone, uh, a coach one time like called me and just kind of asked me, he's like, he's calling a bunch of people. Like he coaches at the collegiate level. He's like, how'd you know you could do this? He's kind of getting into that. And he was saying he'd been talking to a bunch of people. And I, I told him that like, I don't know. I just thought I could do it. I just thought I could do it. And he said that that was like a common thread in a lot of people. And I think I probably wouldn't have believed in myself if, my parents hadn't right. I think that's, I just think I had a very big advantage with, with my, with my parents, um, both, both uh, helping in, in different ways for sure.
0: It, it's funny. I've never seen three brother. Cause I think Weston's got strong drive. Just like you said, it's about sure. packing. and yeah, I've never actually seen that with three brothers. There's always like one brother who's kind of like mellow out the chill one, but I feel like all three of you num- no matter what the desire is you guys have strong drives like yeah it's there's
1: something to it i don't i don't i mean i guess it's all uh they'll love this it's all debbie and tracy i guess but yeah intense we're we're sort of intense people ryan's intense i Weston's probably the least intense but he can be i mean you know
0: yeah when, pretty, he, when he focuses pretty, yeah pretty
1: intense guy i'm a, i'm obviously i'm like too intense it's like it's something i like you know can can definitely it's two edged right? just two-edged probably for dad. It's definitely two-edged with me. It's something that I have to like own and like monitor and like be constantly evaluating like how it is cuz not everyone is like uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 two-edged.
0: So yeah, when I uh when you had when I had you do that personality test, you got 8s. I've actually never seen anyone test to an 8 before. Type 8s uh are self-confident, strong and assertive and You've already shown that through the interview. Uh, protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive. Damn. So, like I said with before we started the interview, there's at least 30 names here. I'm just going to pick out some of the ones that I think are closest to that. Uh, they're going to be like on complete. Sp- We've got Donald Trump, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> uh, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Matt Damon, uh, Russell Crowe. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: James Brown's one of my all I mean, uh, I listen Saddam to it. Saddam Hussein. Saddam? <laughs> He's on here. Did Genghis Khan do an Enneagram? Is he on uh, there too? Is Genghis no, on? Not on this one. Yeah. But, so uh, these, these are some bad. These are this these aren't the best and brightest, but some of them are.
0: Yeah, I mean, that damn is not bad. And uh they've got Franklin Roosevelt once in Churchill. <laughs> yeah. So what it's saying here is basic fear of AIDS is of being uh harmed or controlled by others um mm-hmm. basic desire is to protect themselves or be in control of their own destiny and their life yeah. um but yeah does that kind of stem off of your thoughts or desires that maps man i
1: I like um i don't think it's a good uh i like i said i really believe in myself i believe in uh my instincts they've i think served me well and um yeah i am assertive and i like i'm i like to be del- deliberate and yeah that that all makes sense to me i uh yeah i, I am a am strong-willed strong personality for sure
0: yeah yeah okay last thing what is something that um this is i guess honing in on debbie and uh, uh and i forgot his name but i love tracy tracy what is one thing that your parents did that you maybe you're already doing or want to keep on doing to pass on to your kids? And what's something that you're kind of avoiding that they did that you're kind of going in a different direction with.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I'm doing a lot of the things uh, that they did. Um, I think keeping kids involved in things and uh, involved in the church is really important. And we were basically in church every single Sunday that was possible. And we've done that and found a great community here in Round Rock, First Baptist Church, Round Rock, which is a great place. That's definitely something that's been, that was great. We like to, we like to gas our kids up too and tell them, you know, that, that they can do it all and i I, rem- I remember a conversation uh with caleb early on caleb was very very bright he's he's really a really smart kid he had like he had like a photographic memory when he was when he was young like he was really really smart but he goes to this this elementary school which is full of it's like the most competitive it's in in all of round rock which is a huge school district it's like the best test scores it's a, like a lot of Dell and and um Samsung, like program engineers, kids work there. It's like we live in one town, but we my wife teaches at this school. And it's just like big ritzy neighborhood, whatever. So a lot of really competitive kids. And I remember this kid told in the in Caleb's friend group, he's like, You're it was like first, sec first grade, maybe kindergarten. He's like you're the one that's good at sports and and I'm the smart one. The kid said I'm smart. You're the one's good at sports. And Caleb said yeah, it's like yeah I'm actually the smart one. And our friends it's him. I said no way man. I said no. I was like you you can be as smart as anyone. You can get as good grades as anyone. And like I don't know I do that a lot. I just try to get them to believe in themselves and like but also it's like that it's got to be like backed up by like diligence and hard work and like a lot of things that I didn't have. And so I guess the thing that I would change about um that that I am changing is like I'm much more uh I wish cuz like who knows if this would have been the case for me. But I wish someone was just like on me to like do what I said I was going to do. You said you were going to do this. Okay, you said you were going to run cross country. Okay. So my my whole thing is like, if you're gonna do something, you're really gonna do it. You're gonna commit to it because anything you you is, that's worth doing is worth doing well, worth doing the right way. And so I don't think I did, I didn't do school the right way for sure. But I didn't do, approach athletics the right way. I didn't I didn't approach like strength training at all in the right way. And I wish someone had said, no man, you're this is not what you actually signed up for because when you signed up for cross country and track you actually signed up to actually be your best and actually get the most out of yourself and you know you're not you know you didn't run any this summer christian you should. you tried to get in shape the last little bit so you can, wouldn't be totally gassed first practice but you weren't doing it. i wish i wish someone I, I wish they did that and they not that they weren't like hey you should but then if i didn't do it they, they weren't going to push the issue and i don't blame them for that i like it's like you know what fine don't do it but I think um that's something I've like, all right. If we're gonna play baseball, we're gonna we're gonna try to get good at baseball. If we're gonna do school, we're gonna do our do our very best. And um, so that's kind of been my approach with with Caleb and Natalie. And um it, it's been good. They're they're productive, happy kids. They're I mean they're 10 and 8. So, you know, the wheels could fall off. But right now, it's been awesome. And I I really believe that they could do they can do great things and like be absolute all-stars or whatever they, they decide to do. So I did, I feel like if you build the habits of like, no matter what you're doing, you're trying to do it the best you possibly can. Like Ryan just did this. Ryan was like doing things. Ryan did school and just did the best he could. And Ryan did sports and get, tried to be the best he could. Like I didn't. And so if you do that in everything, then that's gonna that translates to everything. You're gonna be an all star professionally. You're gonna be an all star parent. You're gonna be all. So it all works together in like faith. Like if we're gonna be a, a Christian and a person that that follows, you know what what Jesus says. And we need to love people. We need to treat people the right way. So it all works together. It's it's maybe a little idyllic and it's unattainable, but I think it's a good goal and standard to to have for kids. And I think it's missing expectations are missing for kids in America and it's bad. And I think we need to believe that they, they can really do that. they can do. I think there's a lot of, uh, find your way, figure it out, but how are they supposed to figure it out? They don't know anything. He's six. He's if he was, if he wanted to figure it out, he would just eat Fritos and ice cream all day. You've got to, I I never understood the hands off laissez faire. Oh, whatever he wants. He's his own person. It's like, okay, yeah, but you're trying to build what kind of person do you want? Do you want a person that just indulges themselves? Because that is like, that is what is in us. What what is in our innermost sinful being is to like indulge ourselves, is to take the path of least resistance, or what do what feels good? It's like, but that's actually death. That's the wrong way. There's the other way. And so, like, that's a standard that's really tough, but it's also like. I think it's what's missing, too. I remember I remember this one guy was like, you know, I saw the, I saw him going up to the burner. And I didn't say anything. But I was like, well, he won't touch it again. I was like, or you could just tell him that he's going to burn his hand and because he, he's four and he probably won't do that, too. It's like, hey, you're going to really hurt your hand if you do this. It's like, I don't, I don't know. There, there's some weird new age parenting stuff. I'm glad I, I wasn't. Who knows what I would be? Because I already have, you know, I've already, like, explained that I had these, like, um impulses that can be like you know they have the least resistance what what feels good what's easy it's like it'd be easy to fall into that if if uh if my parents had let me fortunately they didn't
0: yeah so your parents are who you made who made you today yeah man shout out churchville
1: shout out debbie tracy 540 churchville avenue till i die um but even though i'm here in austin it's like uh, it's. uh I do miss a lot about, about home for sure. And it's like, there's like, I live near how many thousand people within like a quarter mile or whatever, but like, I don't know most of them. Cause it's like, there's not that community tie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know where you're from exactly. I think you're from Northern Virginia. You probably, but Maryland,
0: like Maryland, but Maryland. I, I get what you're saying. Just because yeah. you're, where you're where, where you're from basically you go to the grocery store you know everyone in the grocery store yeah it's and like I, definitely
1: it's like you can't go in walmart and not see a someone you know and like i remember when i was like remember i got snitched on by a freaking neighbor who saw me driving fast and he told my dad that i was driving fast but i was, he literally he told my dad and a week later i got, his, I got a got speeding ticket <laughs> busted Ah, oh. and i can't remember if dad told me or was like, or only after I got the ticket was he like, yeah, Mouse. Mouse told me you were speeding uh, the other week, and you slowed down. I should have said something.
0: Well, um, yeah, you don't you don't have anyone near around your house that's named Mouse, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not this house, but in Churchville, <laughs> there's a dude named Mouse that walks up and down Churchville Avenue, and like he literally like he's just he's just a nosy person, more like uh, snitch. He's a snitch. He snitched on me. Um, you know, no snitches in the piles, piles household either. Um, but like, yeah.
0: But Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know your time is very valuable, sir. Oh, well, so is yours. Mm. It's all the same. If you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me, please follow me on Apple podcasts. So you won't miss out on more episodes like these.